Peyton Manning and the rise of the Big Orange, the Bush Push, Johnny Football, Cam Newton's Four Months to Glory, Vince Young and the greatest performance ever on the biggest stage. The unforgettable college football players and moments come to life again at Saturday Lives Forever, a new podcast series from Saturday Down South. I'm Matt Hayes, and I invite you to come with me on a journey through college football's glorious past, where we celebrate yesteryear with special guests and learn more than we thought we knew about the sport's iconic past. The season one launch of Saturday Lives Forever is just around the corner. So subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, Chris Marler. Chris, the previews, they're done after tonight. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, we did a great job. And it's like, the previews are finished. We have, we have finally completed them. We actually watched some real college football this weekend, so we'll get into yeah. that today. But um, we got a lot going on. We we are excited for the season Emotionally. to start. Yeah, there's a lot going on emotionally, um, mainly because of college football. Felt really good to turn on my TV at 1 p.m. on a Saturday and see a two to zero score in the Big Ten. Just felt natural. I always say that like the Big Ten has these like fucking little league baseball scores, and ironically enough, the Little League World Series was like in the semifinals at the same exact time. But my God, I mean, like. <laughs> The ACC done like the past couple of years. They've they've put like Clemson opening with Georgia Tech on ACC Network. So it's like at least you have a premier team. Right. Whoever had the idea to put fucking Nebraska and Illinois as the opening game of the year is an idiot. Not a good look. No, there's never even uh, been a time when that has been a good look. <laughs> exactly. Well, probably maybe in the '80s. Although Illinois probably yeah. no. Um, so before we get into a recap of week zero and get into a little bit of a preview of the season nationally, because remember, we know where most of our listeners come from, right? The great SEC footprint here in the South, but we are going to be more of a national show this year. Um, and so we will preview, we'll still heavily focus on the SEC. Don't worry. You can't follow yeah. college football without following the sec through the premier conference year in and year out we'll but talk we about gonna, big games That's yeah we'll think about yeah you, you you won't see many uh nebraska illinois breakdowns but since there were only a few games this week we may have to talk about it but before we get into it um, hold on real, real quick i mean just like the mission statement right because we don't really have one of those um no and we're kind of late to the game on this but like let me just tell you what i'm not going to do this year um unless i'm asked by duff but like, other than that, I'm not going to do this this year is I'm not going to be breaking down Vanderbilt and, and fucking UT Martin. I'm not going to be giving picks out like for Kentucky, Mississippi state, or, or like, you know, I, those kind of games, like we'll, we'll probably, obviously, you know, we'll still talk heavily the sec, probably like 80, 20, but also we're going to talk about the big games and things that are, you know, affecting like the entire scale of college football. Yeah. Like we're so too. smart. Week two, Oregon, Ohio State. Like that's a great game, and we're gonna be oh, we're gonna be following games like that too. So, um, before we get into it, uh, Chris has a little. We, we've got a, a couple of new things to introduce, or at least one. But you want to talk about the stickers real quick? 
No, I, like I never really do want to talk about the stickers, but here's the deal. I'll say it again because you guys love these things. Um, if you want a sticker, go rate and and uh, subscribe and then rate it. Give us a five-star review on the College Ball Uncensored podcast. Um, leave a review, send a screenshot of it, and you will get a brand new sticker. We made different ones, and they look pretty cool. They're little circles. Um, they're adorable. So... Uh, yeah, like this is my least favorite thing to do sometimes. Cause like, if you get like a million of them, like I like doing it for, you know, people in the Facebook group, all that kind of stuff, but sometimes we'll get like 150 like at a time. So pace yourselves. But if you want a sticker rate and subscribe, do it folks, get us. Hey, look, the, the, the season's kicking off. We need to up our game. We need to be higher in the iTunes ranks, or I guess it's not even the iTunes ranks anymore. It's the Apple podcast ranks, Spotify, yeah. Those kind of things. We also are introducing, we want, we are a show of the people. You're a genius. And we, we want to be able to interact with you guys. Now, you're not going to call my personal phone because I'm not going to pick up. <laughs> oh no, I think I attached it to my personal phone. <laughs> we created a, a line. This is a phone line to call into whenever you want. Um, we call it our game day therapy line, but really you can call it for whatever reason you want as it pertains to football. If you're having other therapy issues that you need worked out, call Jay Woody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this line is going to be, Hey, if you're, if you're pissed about, you know, throwing Justin Fields in on a fake punt, fourth down, call us, let us know about it. Leave us a voicemail. If you're super hammered after a big win over Clemson sure. in Charlotte, Give us a call. Tell us about it. We have set up this game day therapy line, not only for therapy, but for, for rejoice and celebration. Yeah. We, ex we expect mostly depressing voicemails. Someone that's seven, eight bourbons deep halftime. Things aren't going well. <laughs> seven or eight bourbons deep. And the first quarter ends and you're ready to go outside and jump into traffic. I mean, just, and you listen, you're a Kentucky fan. You're used to it. <laughs> yeah, like we we want this to be like I, I said hotline because I don't want to say when you're like depressed and at a low point, but that is probably going to be some pretty good listeners like your ship. Like that's going to be a good voicemail. Um, it like is angry and irrational, and then also like is prisoner of the moment. I want I want all of the personalities that we're going to get this season in college football and in the SEC. Unless you're an Ohio State fan, don't call that fucking line. It, we're, we don't consider ourselves tech gurus, but I think we're going to figure out a way to play those voicemails. The best ones that we choose on our podcast. I already, did. I already figured it out. You already figured it out. I thought I told you that. You just didn't believe me. No, of course not. <laughs> I just all the so podcasts. Wait, before, I just never believe I'm good at technology. Before we move into the week zero recap, we got to give out the line. So everybody get out. Hold on. Hold on. I want pilots. you to shut, shut your face for a second. Get out your palm pilots. Why do you have a palm pilot? <laughs> um, those things are so cool. Let, all right. Let me, let me just prove a point to you. Okay. I really hope this goes well for you. Yeah, it won't, but all right. Quiet. I don't hear anything. It's fun. I hear absolutely nothing. Are you serious? It's playing right now. I swear to God, I don't hear anything. All right. We, <laughs> okay. Well, it's playing still. It's, um, okay. Right. So, the, well, uh, so I don't hear anything. So the, so the line, 424-430-0045. Again, the line, 424-430-0045.
Like Thompson area code. <laughs> Did you set that up on purpose? It was the first option. And there was no fucking way I wasn't going to choose that option. It was like, do you want this or do you want like Geraldine, Kansas? Makes sense. So give us a call. We'll post the number all the time on social media just so people have it fresh. Um, but let's get it after it. Give us a call this year. We will play the best ones on our podcast week in and week out. Um, let's get into week zero because I feel like it's electric already. <laughs> I mean, Brett Bielema is back. You've got a guy named Sitkowski. I, this is yeah. So the the Big Ten opening like college football is not ideal for somebody like me that hates the Big Ten. Um, but the the entertainment and and you know dare I say the pageantry was just absolutely flawless. And when I say pageantry, I mean a former blue blood getting absolutely embarrassed by just a polar bear that walks upright for a coach at Illinois. And like, so you, you understand like the, like why the Sikowski thing is so ridiculous. Like it, first off, oh, his name's Arthur. Yeah. It's not Arthur. It's Arthur. It's, it's ridiculous because he wasn't even good enough to play at Rutgers. He, not only that, he started at Rutgers and he had his line for the season, like his season totals. Okay. On, on Saturday against Nebraska, against the black shirt defense, he was 80% passing, total 15, had two touchdowns and interceptions. Take me back to 2018 when he was starting for Rutgers. He had four touchdowns and 18 interceptions on the year. He had, he had four games where he had a minimum three interceptions thrown. Four. And he just lit up. Nebraska's defense in year four of Scott Frost. I, I couldn't love it more. He's not even the starter. That's the thing. The starting quarterback, Brandon Peters, went out at the end of the first quarter. I didn't see that. Sitkowski, he, yeah, he got sacked, hurt his shoulder. Sitkowski comes in as a backup at Illinois after having to transfer from Rutgers. He's not good at all. Inexcusable loss for Nebraska. Inexcusable. And you just got to know that this NCAA investigation... Oh, it's Tennessee all over again. It's yeah, it's, uh, this is going to be Nebraska's way of getting out of the $20 million buyout for Scott Frost. Well, and, and, you know, honestly, they should be punished and have to pay it because they should have paid him that in the first place. But like it, the Tennessee thing is so funny to me because T and D takeover. It's, it's this kid, apparently he's only 19, uh, which really hurt me when I heard that because he was the one that used to run um, ECF, like elite college football. Like there was like the biggest college ball handle on Instagram. Anyway, he, he like posted something. It was a picture of Adrian Martinez, right? Who has been the quarterback at Nebraska since like 2008. And it said, he, Adrian Martinez is just Jerry Garantano in Nebraska uniform. And I have fucking lost it. Like that is like the most accurate, like painfully accurate assessment I think I've ever seen. Well, uh, look, Frost... You, you, the, the Brando thing that you retweeted, by the way. Let me start on Tim Brando. I just like, they're just so, but Nebraska is so poorly coached. Like mm-hmm. the scoring starts with a guy who fields an absolute laser of a punt at the one yard line. <laughs> there was no chance that thing was going to be in the field of play. No. And, he, and then he, he slips, which obviously that's not coaching, but the coaching part is how's that guy catching the punt at the one yard line? I've never Absolutely. caught a punt in my life, and I've always heard put your feet, put your heels at the ten, 
and don't go like don't step backwards or like and then it became like the five like right nothing about the one ever ever <laughs> and also that was the best punter in america um two missed extra points one of the one at the end made the under hit um adrian martinez feels like he's been there forever i think it's because they also had a qb named taylor martinez so it just seems like he's been there for like a decade right but he hasn't improved at all since he's been there. He 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 has the fumble that Illinois takes to the house right before the half. And I mean, the, the the offense, you know, Frost came over from UCF with this just huge pedigree of not only being at Oregon, but then at UCF and having great offenses. No playmakers that scare you at all. Um, no. He's just, I don't know what's happened there, why it's gotten so bad so fast, because he's only in year four. Um, and the, the team we're about to talk about has another coach that's going into year four that looks a lot better than Nebraska. I just, I, I don't see how he survives this. No, I, you know, they were like kind of looking for, uh, you know, a reason to get rid of him, which is like, I, like I'm never going to cheer for someone to lose their job unless it's my dad. So like, I, but when you have a guy like this, it was like, it wasn't just a good hire, right? It wasn't just like the, the sexy hire because he definitely was that. Like at that time, he had just won his fake national championship. He went 13 and 0. Fun fact, he hasn't even won that many games in four years at Nebraska as he did in the one season at UCF. But like, you know, this is a guy that was the quarterback of a national championship team. And, and he had, he seemed to be like this, like coaching star on the rise. I, I don't even know, like, it, like, I don't think, he, like, I don't think it's gotten this bad, right? Bo Pelini right. won nine games. I mean, you know, it's just, they're a fan base that is, they were really good in the seventies and they were really good in the nineties. They're pretty good in the eighties. And they just, it's like a Bama or, or like a, you know, Texas USC, like they're an entitled fan base that thinks they deserve better. And, and I tell you why they're not good at football anymore. And they're not going to be ever again. Cause no 18 year old kid is going to fucking Nebraska for four years of college. Right. Like, yeah. Like it's... You, I, 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 when you were when it's the seventies and you're starting a bunch of white guys that are 180 pounds in the offensive line, they probably didn't mind going to Nebraska. Like it was a premier program. Like I don't, I just don't see in this day of college football, this day of recruiting, especially who's going to Nebraska for four years. Apparently nobody. Cause they had about as many transfers as Tennessee did. So um, yeah, things are not looking good there. Obviously Illinois good to have Brett Bielema back. I mean, classic Bielema quote after he was like, I wasn't crying. I was just sweating. Like, dude, I forgot how much I miss Brett Bielema. He is, he's a trip, man. Like, you know, he met his wife at a blackjack table. Of course he did. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, she's like a smoke show. Like I, I, it was awesome to watch. Like, I tell you what, that team, like Nebraska didn't seem like they had an identity, right? They were just like, they just, it's like everyone's just running around. Like they didn't have a single focus or you could tell that Illinois team was a Brett Bielema football team, like from jump. Yep. Yeah, so it should be interesting to see. Um, I, I personally think it's mostly because Nebraska's awful. I mean, Illinois' win total was three and a half, and everyone pretty much... I mean, before as it got closer to the game time, I think it got down to Nebraska as a touchdown favorite, but it was like a yeah. like two weeks ago. So that's an awful loss for Nebraska. Now, yeah. speaking of another coach that's going into his fourth year, UCLA, man, I, they looked really good. Ooh, like I was way off. I'm telling you, man, I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. Um, a lot of people are writing off LSU, uh, uh, UCLA in that, in that LSU game. Um, so I'm sure there was a lot of LSU fans that may have tuned in just to 
yeah, see kind of what UCLA looked like. And I'll be honest, Dorian Thompson Robinson, their QB looked okay. I mean, he was a little disappointing, honestly. Um, yeah, I think even on the first drive, he had a wide open guy for a touchdown, just straight up missed yeah. him. But they their their run game was nasty. Their defense looked good. They they got it to a thirty one to three lead. They scored on the first five possessions. It's Hawaii, I get it, but also you're not really running your you're running base stuff. Yeah, in a Hawaii game, trying to get ready for LSU. And they look good. You know, the, the Michigan transfer, uh, Zach Charbonnet, uh, yeah. ran for almost six yards a carry. Uh, they, they ran in total for 250 yards, basically, on the, ra- on the ground uh, in a game where, you know, it was over at halftime. So, I don't know. What do you think about that LSU game now? Because LSU, the last I saw, they were favored by four. I was the. I felt like I was at the front of that whole bandwagon, just like like hammer LSU. It's the lock of the year. Like UCLA sucks. I, I brought up the fact they hadn't won a non conference game in like four years. Like why would they somehow? I, I think I even said I maybe would take Hawaii like to cover the points without knowing anything. Um, the, like on Saturday morning, I, I, I turn on the TV and they, they have like one of the guys from Daily Wager, and apparently he had gone out the night before because he had no voice, but he still came on on air to like share his like best bets. And he said, L, or he said um, UCLA in the first half because they're going to try to get everyone out of the game by the second half, you know, rest for LSU. But then he started listing off a bunch of facts that I had no idea about. And I shouldn't have been so, um, I guess, brazen with my, uh, with my take that they weren't that good. UCLA returns 20 starters for one. Also didn't realize that they had lost, I think it was like four games last year, right? All of them by four points or less. Every single one of their losses last year was by it was a total of uh, fifteen points. Well, like, to be fair, they probably only played like five games. <laughs> they, I think they played seven, but like still, <laughs> yeah. you know, like they they were like, to have, like that's a very close losses, and so I, I just felt like I assumed that Chip Kelly. I thought it was maybe past his prime because he's kind of an asshole. And I didn't think he, like he was even liked by the team out there. I, I just maybe I should have brushed up my UCLA knowledge. Yeah, it's tough to get a sense of what's going on on the West Coast when you live in the SEC footprint, you know? Especially now, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, UCLA, man, they they looked good. So that that game becomes very intriguing. And my guess is, I haven't seen the time, but is, is it the like Pac-12 after dark type game? Is no, no, it's game? like, uh, I think it's like... A- is it 9 a.m.? <laughs> yeah, it is a Pac-12 after breakfast. Um, <laughs> it is... No, it's 8.30, so like... Okay, so yeah. that's perfect for us. I mean, that, that'll be on at the same time as the Georgia-Clemson game, so no one will watch it. Good. Um, <laughs> uh, UConn, not not sure why they not. bother playing football at this point. I mean, you're getting blown out, shut out by Fresno State. <laughs> Fresno State. Like, first off, you went, on, you went on a road trip to Fresno State. You were on the road to Fresno State from UConn. And oh, you got true. your fucking brains beat in 45 to nothing. Honestly, I, I'm not trying to be funny when I say this, or, and it's going to come off way more mean than I, than I intend, but like, why do they have a program? I, like, I don't even, like that, that program is one of the most confusing programs in the country because first off, they went to an orange bowl in the last decade. I know. I was about to say, remember when they were kind of good? Yeah. They went to a BCS bowl. I, so That's they, shocking. it is shocking. They also had Aeropostale jerseys. They were like one of three schools ever do that, like way back in the day. But then you didn't hear anything about them. And Randy Etzel quit or was fired because things got so bad. Yeah. And then he was rehired and he's been even worse. 
I don't just, what are we doing? Like, I tell you what, with, with the way things are going, especially with COVID, you could probably free up a lot of money in that athletic department by like just canceling the football program. And if you fucking go to UConn, like you can probably just go to Delaware. So just like, it's not a big loss. That is, I mean, talk about like, you can't expect the coach to give a shit if he quit because it was so bad and then you were desperate. So you just brought him back. Like you, you can't expect him to be running like real fiery practices. Um, yeah, I would love to see how that conversation went. Randy, listen, like I know what we both said to each other, but we got to have a coach apparently. So if you could just, can you just like supervise please? Yikes. Um, America's sweetheart, or if at least if you're a gambler, San Jose State back in action undefeated last year they got usc next week by the way upset upset of the week lock it in i think that's a double digit uh i think it's like a 14 point spread right now i don't know i'm just saying you did something to like get the gambling thing going because i haven't done it in a while and this was that because I, I, I was like oh man i did a quick little deep dive i tweeted it no not a single person liked it but i was like listen they were seven and one last year i think overall I they, they were undefeated. They might have. But they were seven and one against the spread. They were six and one like against the against the number. So like the under was six and one. They had one, a top twenty scoring defense. They they returned, I think like nineteen starters. And then also their pace of play was like hundred and eleventh in the country. Like they were like a bruising team. So I didn't bet on it. I convinced my buddy Rich. I was like, dude, if you're gonna make a bet tonight, San Jose State's under. It's like fifty six. Maybe tease it. Bro, it was like 35 to 14 in like the second quarter with seven minutes left. Somehow they covered. Yeah, there was only seven points scored total in the second half. Yeah. Thank God. They got me back though. Yeah. That's a fantastic... Between that and then the under hitting by the kicker for Nebraska missing an extra point, things are off to an electric start gambling-wise. Yeah, we'll do like a we'll do more gambling stuff on on Thursday, um, getting like ramped up in the weekend because I'm gonna give myself some time and then I'm gonna I don't know probably spend eight hours doing that each day. Not really. <laughs> uh, quick shout out before we go to our national preview here. Um, obviously, we probably have some listeners down in Louisiana. Understand yeah. right now is uh there's not a lot going on well right now. I saw all the powers out in New Orleans right now, so. Prayers to uh, just the Gulf Coast down there. Um, LSU obviously was evacuated from Baton Rouge, and they are in Houston, I believe, preparing for the week, and then they fly out. Is that correct? I, I saw that tweet last night when I was drunk, and I didn't realize what was happening. And then I found out this morning live on radio that that's what happened. I was like, he's like, what do you think about that? I was like, I don't, I, is that what happened? I didn't know that. I thought they were just like taking the week off. But yeah, I mean, that's a scary thing, man. Like it's it, like evacuating any place um they having to leave your home is like it's just awful and like it, it's you know that those people are such good people and they like, they rally together like there's there's few communities like that big like in the state i feel like like louisiana like I feel like everyone in louisiana loves each other if they're from louisiana right i, I it's like 16 years today of katrina it's it yeah. just sucks, man. And I th- I saw the wind uh, was Ugh. stronger than Katrina was. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, scary scary times down there. So hopefully, you know, thoughts and prayers. We're hoping for the best down there. Um, mm. And there's no real great way to transition from that. 
to a national yeah, you said preview. Shout out to start. <laughs> All right, from one hurricane to the Miami Hurricanes, nice. let's get into the ACC. <laughs> um, no, we're, so we're going to yeah. do. It's not going to be as in depth as what we do with the SEC teams, but we're going to do a quick little. You know, just we're going to talk um, mainly talk shit about you know some teams and conferences around the country, uh, give you our predictions and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and quickly before we yeah. jump into each conference, what's like one of the biggest things you're watching? Because I'll give you mine, and I know this is probably off script, so I'll talk and you can think. Um, I'm looking to see if someone can unseat Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. Like, yeah. can there be another team, whether it's UGA, a and I mean, Oklahoma, I know, has been in the playoffs, but they haven't really had a chance in any game they've played in. Um, it wouldn't feel like a like a yeah. upset, right? What is it like Oregon? Can Cincinnati, you know, can they sneak in there? Um, and what I find interesting about those three top teams in particular, they all are starting young QBs that are all from within an hour of each other growing up. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, DJU. I always just call him DJU because I refuse to try to pronounce that correctly. It's just, I'll get it wrong every time. You, Very American of you. Yep. Ooh, um, Ungalele, I think. I don't know. Yeah. So it should be interesting. You know, all three teams are trying to replace three guys that were first round picks last year in the draft. Um, all of them put up monster numbers um, either last year or throughout their career. So maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year that a UGA or an A&M or, you know, you or even an Oregon can sneak in there and make some real noise in going into okay. the championship. So, and I get what you're saying, but like, but Georgia's played for a national championship within the last four years, right? Um, yeah. Ohio State's been in the playoff constantly. So I, I get that, that notion, like they have been like no one else from the Pac-12 or I'm sorry for the Big 12 has made the playoff right it's just been Oklahoma unless I'm yeah. missing somebody because Baylor got they got kept out in 2014 but you know like I understand like more parity would be much more entertaining for like all fans in college football I, I totally get it I think we're going to get that at some point when we expand the playoffs if they still expand the playoff um I love the fact that you brought up Cincinnati because I wish that they would have got a shot last year if there was ever a time like a time to do it they they absolutely should have last year what is this smirk what are you doing I'm just smiling. I'm happy. I'm glad that we're actually talking about real games that are happening this week. True. But I tell you what, like the, uh, like sneaking in like Georgia by like all means is kind of a favorite this year. Right. Like, like, yeah, it's not just their fans. that think, you know, it's like, it is a lot of, of like national pundits, people that are definitely smarter than me, like people close to the program, people from across the country. So I, I would, that fan base, I want to, I want to think that this year, I said it a couple weeks ago that it'll be like 2019 LSU. Like it's set up as like a very special season. Almost every Georgia fan I've talked to said like, like, I was like, what are you going to do if they win the national championship? Almost everyone. I'm not making this up. It wasn't like, Oh my God, I'd be so excited. It'd be, you know, just such a relief or so, so great. It was like, I'm going to be the biggest asshole imaginable. Yeah, I'm going to be so that. obnoxious. That's, so that. That part makes me um, fear it a little bit, but like, <laughs> I think if you're talking about really like sneaking in or like making like the like, waves, like Iowa State, Cincinnati, like you brought up, I, I think Oregon, like you said, or maybe even USC, like any Pac-12 team at this point, um, Washington is, is a t- like, kind of a sleeper team for a lot of people. I, I think A&M would be like, 
the team out of the SEC. But but what I what I think is like what I want to see most, I guess, is no one's talking about Ohio State and how good they are. Like no, all the like, conversation about who's going to win the national championship is Bama, Clemson, and and Georgia, right? I haven't seen one person pick Ohio State. Like, then you look at like mock drafts and, and I've seen upwards of eight, nine kids in the first round. Mm-hmm. And, and it got me thinking, cause like, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody like over the weekend and they were like, yeah, but you got a true freshman quarterback. Think about what Ohio State's been able to do over the last like seven or eight years. It's been incredible, right? Incredible what they've been able to do with quarterbacks. They made the fucking playoff with a third string quarterback and then won. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's so in every single transition from JT Barrett to Dwayne Haskins, like it, it was just like even more gaudy numbers, even more impressive QB play, another first rounder. So I don't think they're going to miss a beat with CJ Stroud. I think Ryan Day is a great play caller. They have what some are calling the best receiver room in the history of college football, which seems like a disservice to 2018 Bama, but whatever. Um, I, I think that like, I don't want to say they're like a sleeper, but like Ohio state, should be getting more love uh, in the preseason for being a potential national champion. <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if someone can come in there that hasn't traditionally had success in the playoff. Um, even like an Iowa state, honestly. Um, but you, you just want to go alphabetical order order here on the, on the conferences and just, I mean, obviously if we start yeah, with the ACC, in order. it's Clemson. They're going for their seventh straight. ACC title. I said this a couple weeks ago on the podcast until Florida state gets their shit together. The ACC, like they just, they don't, they don't appear to be a good conference because they just don't have that second upper tier team that really recruits at a level. Now UNC is getting there and they are going to be my pick to play Clemson and the um, ACC title game. I, I think, you know, the obviously with Clemson, their schedule outside of Georgia is a cakewalk. They have the best D line in the country. They've got, you know, one of the top quarterbacks, even though he's only played in and started in two games. Um, he looked really good last year when he, when he filled in for, for Trevor on the road. Um, and then with UNC, you know, it starts with Sam Howell. He's a legit Heisman contender. And if they can somehow, you know, they've got their key game is against Miami. Obviously, that's probably going to be for the Coastal. That's at home. And they have 10 starters back on defense. It should be their best defense since 2010. Um, and how, you know, they lose a lot of playmakers. And I think it was Graham Coffey that was on. I think he was the one that was telling us about the returning receiving production and how big of a mm-hmm. deal that's been traditionally. So that kind of scares me with UNC because they lost to their two best receivers off last year's team. But I just think, I don't know, Derek King, he tore his ACL in their bowl game last year. And I get that he is fully expected to play, but the biggest part of his game is his run game. And I just don't know if he'll be able to cut on that ACL, you know, some eight months after he had surgery on it. So I'll take UNC there and I'll obviously take Clemson to win the ACC title and make it back to the, to the playoff. But any thoughts outside of that? Yeah, actually, I, I started to think about this because we we always dismiss the ACC because it really is just Clemson and then whoever else. Right? Like, and yeah. I feel like they overdo it trying to like build up whoever the other team is going to be each year because they know that it's it's a one team race, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's ironic too because when they set up the the divisions, it, it was pretty much set up so Florida State and Miami would play in it every yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's happened once, but like I was I was looking at like you know some of like 
ACC teams and, and like returning production, all that kind of stuff. And I think Phil Steele might also be like fabricating these numbers for returning starters. Cause I feel like every team I looked at had 17 or more, <laughs> but my, Miami, like this Bama game is a perfect, perfect game for Miami. Like you spend the entire off season. No one is giving you a chance. You were an eight and three team last year. You, you have talent everywhere. Like your offensive coordinator has beaten Nick Saban and then took him down to the wire in back to back years when he was at Auburn. You, if Derek King is, is like able to be at 80%, I still would be concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Manny Diaz is like, he's a good defensive coach. And, and I think when you have an entire off season like this, I think Miami is, is getting slept on at least for this game. Now it could be like, we've seen Miami teams in the past where they go eight and two and they get fucking waxed by like 30 in like a top 10 matchup. They shouldn't have been. Yeah. Right. Um, but outside of that, like, you know, AC, the ACC had six bowl teams last year, which is a good amount of teams. They did mm-hmm. go 0 and 6, <laughs> which is not good. No. Um, but like I, one of the teams also like Boston College kind of stands out to me because like many of us, I watched that Boston College Clemson game last year and I can't pronounce his name. The quarterback, Jer- Jerkovich. Uh, yeah, Phil Jerkovich. Yep. Yeah. Dracovich. Um, yeah. Dracovich maybe, but yeah, he sounds like he's like at least 63 years old. And, yeah. And he should just be like the, the nicest neighbor ever. Yeah. Without a doubt. But he's like, he's <laughs> a child. Um, exactly. They opened a plumbing business. It's been really good. Um, but like him, like him coming back at quarterback, they also return a shit ton of starters. It's like 19 or something like that. But I didn't know this, that they went three and five last year. Right. Or like four and five or something like that. They had five losses. Yeah, they were four and four last year. Close. Three of their losses were to UNC. In conference. Uh, in conference, sorry. I was okay. looking at it wrong. Yep. So three of their losses were to Clemson, Notre Dame, and, and UNC. All top 10 teams, all teams that either made a New Year's Six or the playoff. Um, they lost that, those, that Clemson and that uh, um, UNC game by combined 10 points. Like, yeah. so a lot of teams would have lost to those three teams, right? Like that's, that's a guaranteed three L's like for most teams in the country. So, you know, I don't know, like I probably should look this up, but like, I'm assuming their schedule gets a little bit lighter this year. Um, I think they can yeah. be a team. I don't know if they'll challenge for the, you know, division or conference title, but I think they're going to be a good team. Yeah. I mean, they, they have Clemson every year, obviously, because they're in the division, but um, they get Virginia tech from the other side on a Friday night this year. <clears throat> so you know, you'll take that over playing UNC. They do play Missouri as well, which I think we, yeah. we talked about that game when we previewed Missouri as it's a home game for BC and not to say they have an electric atmosphere in, in Boston by any means, but, but still, you know, you go on the road as, as Missouri and I don't, I, you know, I, don't be surprised if BC wins that game. Um, so yeah, their, their yeah. schedule is a lot easier this year. Um, in fact, going into that Missouri game, they go Colgate, Matt, UMass and Temple. So yeah, again, all schools that could take on all of UConn's players. So shut that fucking program down and go <laughs> to all of those schools. Um, Big Ten. Obviously, it's been Ohio State and everyone else for a while now. Interesting, though, I will say this about Ohio State. Early test for CJ Stroud. They go at Minnesota this Thursday night. That's not an easy game for a freshman. No. And then they, the very next week they play Oregon. Yeah. We're going to know early if Ohio state and CJ Stroud 
have what it takes, specifically uh, CJ Stroud, but they've just recruited at a level that's so much higher than everyone else in the Big Ten. It, it, it would be shocking to see them not play for the Big Ten title and go to the playoffs. Um, you know, they have you Chris Olave. perfectly, by the way. Like, like that is because like in the SEC, I feel like we don't get it because we're so used to having like, you know, six, seven top 10 teams or like you know, three or four in the top five. But Ohio State, like they get those same players and yeah. then they get to take them to the Big Ten. Right. And play against like, like a lot lesser talent. So the, the gap there, you're right. It's, it's so much. And they're so not, and wider. they're, they're handpicking people out of Texas, Florida, Georgia. Yeah. So like they're getting the guys that the sec got. It's, it's a, it's a bat. When you look at the top 15 to 20 prospects in the country, mm-hmm. final five, Ohio state's always in there with all the sec teams. Like yep. those are the kind of guys they are getting. And then you're playing, Penn State, who's getting all their players. Now they're starting to recruit at a high level too. They have the number one recruiting class right now for 2022. I expect that to change at some point, but you know, traditionally they're taking guys from Pennsylvania and Massachusetts and you know, states in the north that don't traditionally have as strong of uh, like Maryland and DC pretty well. DC's got and a that's lot of a talent. and that's that's there's a lot of talent there for sure. Um <clears throat> Travion Henderson is the name to watch for Ohio State. Apparently, uh, a lot of people are talking about him that he's just as good, if not better, than J.K. Dobbins was when he was there. Um, and he's a true freshman. I mean, he was the number one back coming out of uh, high school. Olave is back. You pair him up with Garrett Wilson, another five-star. I think Wilson's another guy from Texas. I think they're going to be fine. It's just C.J. Stroud. How does he look in those first two games? At Minnesota, Oregon. That'll tell me everything I need to know about what Ohio State's going to do this year. Honestly, though, like I don't, I don't have any concerns over that just because of like their track record and what they've been able to do. And, you know, like this is something that I haven't heard really um, used like in favor or like it's always used as an excuse for Bama quarterbacks. He's going to have possibly the most talented supporting cast in the country. So like he can make mistakes, right? I mean, like week one and two, like that Minnesota game is going to be tricky, but they should win that game. And they get Oregon at home, and Oregon, you know, they do have a pretty good defense. But um, honestly, I think I think this is like the question for me is what other team can establish themselves? Like, because Penn State, it seems like they always like start out really well, or not last year, but you know, and they don't finish. Michigan's the exact same way. Like once they get to ring teams, they just you know Harbaugh just like shits the bed. Wisconsin is quickly becoming one of my least favorite teams in the country. <laughs> and they used to be one of my favorite, like when, B- when Brett Bielema was there, because last year, like they just became one of the most overrated teams that I've maybe have ever seen. Like, they started out the season, they went two and oh, and they were in the top four in the ESPN FPI. And they were projected to go to the playoff. And then they played three games against ranked opponents. They scored seven, seven and six points. Sick. Not great. Um, so that, that side I, of the conference is just so easy as compared to the other one. I mean, yeah, but I honestly think they're getting more parity over there because they like PJ Fleck coming in and, and, and Northwestern's always like somewhat tough, I guess, for those teams. Yeah, I, I guess. But when you compare it to Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, now Indiana starting to look at least decent, Michigan State can rise up every once in a while. I mean, Wisconsin, I guess this year, maybe they're looking at Iowa being their biggest threat i mean so i i do i've got wisconsin being the other team playing in the big 10 title game um 
I mean, Wisconsin's weird because, you know, ever since they lost Jonathan Taylor, like you think about Wisconsin, you just think about five corn fed white dudes on the O-line yep, and a, a back who gets it 700 times a year and runs for 5.7 yards per clip. And it has 2,200 yards total at the end of the year and nobody even talks about it. Yep. And uh, last year they didn't have that. Like they didn't have that guy. They didn't have a running game. I don't, I, I think their yards per carry weren't very good last year. So, you know, having an answer for that is going to be key, but I love their defensive coordinator. He played there. Um, now I'm going to forget his name, obviously. Um, but uh, he's, he's probably going to be one of the top guys. Oh, Leonard? Uh, yeah. Leonard, Jim Leonard. Um, he'll be a head coach soon um, or he'll be a D coordinator in the NFL. He's just, he's that level of coach. I like their defense. Their O-line always pretty good. They should be favors in every big 10 game that they play in until they get to the title game. So if they can find a running back, whether it's burger, you know, that they had last year, freshman, um, I think it'll be Ohio state, Wisconsin, but I just don't think Wisconsin really stacks up to Ohio state at all. Yeah, not at all. There are there are a couple of other storylines I think that are like least intriguing. There's always the Harbaugh thing because Michigan is Michigan, um, and my God, they just like settled into such mediocrity. And it's 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 almost like difficult to watch every year because they do start out really well, and then as soon as they start playing ranked teams, they get into October. It's you know it falls apart. Um, it, also, like two teams that I feel like are going to be a lot better than people think: Rutgers and Maryland. Like Michael Oxley being at Maryland, a lot of people have not been very high on him, but he's a great offensive mind. And he has a couple of like blue chip, like receivers that he signed. It was one five-star at least from two years ago. And he's got two of his little brother, a quarterback. So, and the fact that Rutgers is ever, ever, ever favored to win a game and they were favored to win like three this year. I think that'll be interesting. So that's about it from the big 10. Big 12. Uh, I think this is probably the most intriguing to me because I, you know, when I took a look at just some of the, whether it's Phil Steele or you look at the preseason media stuff, man, Iowa state has a ton of guys that are listed on the first team offense. Um, obviously Oklahoma is going to be the name here. They're they, for a reason. I mean, they've every year that Lincoln Riley has had a veteran QB, they've been in the playoffs and Spencer Rattler last year. Now is well, he was a freshman last year. Um, so he's got that 15 returning starters. Um, the defense is getting better every year. You know, you used to think about Oklahoma as a team that a typical Big 12 team put up a ton of yards, put up a ton of points, but also give up the same. Um, but they actually had a really good defense last year, and um, they've got I to me their biggest test. Every year, it seems like Kansas State knocks somebody off in Manhattan. Um, it's always Kansas, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so it, they got to play at Kansas State this year, which scares me if I'm a Sooner fan. But they do get to Iowa State at home. But I'll tell you what, man. Iowa State, Matt Campbell has done a phenomenal job there. Um, yeah. There's not many holes on that roster. Um, they returned 40 of 44 on the 2 deep. Like... You can talk about the starters like all we want, like 11 and 9 is crazy, but 40 of 44 on the 2D? Here's the, here's the only thing you need to know about what Matt Campbell's done at Iowa State. From 1979 to 2016, that's 37 years, Chris, 
Iowa State had one eight-win season or more. Matt Campbell's done it four years in a row there. I mean, that's pretty legit. Cyclone country, brother. Yeah. Brock Purdy, obviously, at QB. Brees Hall. Xavier Hutchinson at wide receiver. Um, I think they had the first team tight end. uh, A couple guys on the O-line. So, I don't know, man. You know, um, this might be my first shocker, but I I don't want to just go chalk and say, hey, it's going to be Clemson, Ohio State, Bama, and Oklahoma. I'm tempted to pick Iowa State here because here's the thing. Oklahoma plays Iowa State regular season at home. It's very tough, though, to beat a team twice in one year. And um, if they they win that game, my, my bet is they'll still have to play Iowa State in the Big 12 conference game. There's no divisions in the Big 12, so it's just the top oh, two yeah. teams. I don't see Texas really taking that step yet. I mean, TCU is always a... They're always a threat, and I believe Iowa State has to go on the road to play TCU as well. But do not be surprised if Iowa State wins the Big 12 this year. I, I'm going to go ahead and call that as one of my upset picks for the year. So, yeah, I like that, to be honest. It, just from like a returning production standpoint and experience, like there's... There's no one else in the country that has more of it, right? Um, I, I didn't like what you said about Texas. And this is going to purely be from like my bias about Steve Sarkeesian being the best offensive mind in, in college football. But I like you return on some talent there, right? Like, like a lot's been made about starting the freshman quarterback, but B. John Robinson is one of the better running backs in the country. I feel like he's, you know, I wouldn't say he doesn't get in the flow because he gets a, a decent amount of attention, but like, you return a decent amount of starters every year. I feel like Texas should be good, right? Like they've always had high expectations from the fan base or alumni and all that kind of stuff. Now you kind of get into this year where you have a, a, a new coach, like literally the motto is all gas, no breaks. And there aren't expectations on them. And yep. I just, I just feel like, I don't think that they're good enough to get to the, the cultural playoff. But when you have somebody like that, we saw it with Lane Kiffin and, and he's going to get to do it in a, in a weaker conference. You know, the crazier things have happened. It's a tricky start to the year for them. And and like people may, may laugh because of the traditional name, but like they open with Louisiana, which mm-hmm. I think you could most years say, okay, that's one of our cupcakes. But Billy Napier has done an incredible job at Louisiana. Yeah. And they've got a lot of momentum right now. And that's the first game of the year. First game for Sarkeesian. You've got this. Uh, they just named Hudson Card their starter, who's, who's going to be a freshman QB for them. So, and then they go on the road to Arkansas, which Arkansas probably smells blood in the water. They're like, this, this is a chance for us to, you know, we got a second year coach. We like the the trajectory of our program on the road. Um, you know, we talked to your boy, Ty, uh, Richardson, Mm -hmm. is that his last name? Yeah. Um, he was like, it's going to be insane in Fayetteville for that game. So it's a tough start, but Hey, look, if they, if they win those two games, you start looking down the schedule, like, okay, Rice, Texas Tech, Kansas. I mean, they could put together a pretty good year. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so, are you, who are you taking to win that? Are you taking Oklahoma, the the conference? Um, I guess. I, I really don't want to because I, I just – I feel like we just get such a pass to Oklahoma every year, and I don't really understand why. Um, every year I hear the same stuff, and it's like, well, this defense is not your typical Big 12 defense. Like, trust me. And it, it always is. Like I heard that two years ago when they played LSU and they gave up 28 in the first quarter. So I'm sure they're going to be good and they're going to look even better in, um, in that conference. But I just, you know, 
last year, it maybe just rubbed me the wrong way, but them hammering Florida, who has had all of their talent out of the game, right? Just destroying them and saying, see, there's not a single team in the country that would want to want to play this Oklahoma team. I just think it's bullshit. Like, I, I just think that, like, we've seen, there's no other team in the country that we've seen do the same exact thing besides maybe Notre Dame. And they don't even do it as consistently as we do with Oklahoma. 11 and one, you win the big 12 championship. They've won it like five or six years in a row. And then you go to the first round of the playoff and you either lose in dramatic fashion or you get your brains beat in. And so I, if there's a team that I'm going to pull against harder, I don't know what it would be. Like just, I hope, I hope Iowa state or Texas somehow does it. Like, if for nothing else than like, you know, like you said, like the parody, but also like the last year that those two teams are in the big 12, I think they'd be hilarious. That would be, well, no, this is going to be their last year in the big 12. Yeah. Um, let's do the pac 12, talk a little G five, and then let's get to the, what everyone wants to know about predictions for the sec, yeah. Heisman, things like that. So pac 12, this is another interesting one, you know, because I think, I don't think I'm going to take USC coming out of the South. I think I'm going to take Utah. Um, I really like Utah this year. They got um, a transfer in at QB from Baylor. That's that's pretty good. Brewer. Um, and they, they, they're not an SEC type team, but they built their team like an SEC type team where they really right. focused on the trenches. Um, and you know, Washington and Oregon are going to battle it out for the winner of the North. Oregon is, you know, uh, Cristobal has done an amazing job there as far as recruiting yeah. is concerned. He really brought that that Bama mindset when it comes to recruiting out to Oregon. And I think eventually, if not this year, they're going to be the, the team that we're kind of getting sick of in the Pac-12 because every year mm -hmm. they're going to be winning it. But it's interesting. You know, Washington's got a lot of talent and an easier schedule. Oregon plays Ohio State, Stanford, Washington, and Utah on the road. Right. So that game against Washington is going to be in Seattle. It's going to be a big game to, to determine to me, not only who wins the North, but potentially wins the conference um, or is at least the best team in the conference. Um, but I think I'm going to go Utah versus Oregon. I'm going to take Utah to win. I'm sorry. I'm going to take Pac. Wow. Oregon to win the Pac-12. Yeah. I just, I think that in the same way we talk about Ohio state, I think Oregon is, they recruit a different level. And, and they also are a different brand of football. And, it, you know, I think we we're always guilty of like, you know, everybody like of lazy takes sometimes. And in Oregon usually catches like the, you know, um, the brunt of that sometimes because we always think of Chip Kelly days or we think about, you know, Marcus Mariota and it's just, you know, dual threat, high up-tempo offense. Like, you know, they still have components of that, but like they're built kind of like an SEC team. They, they are really solid on the defensive line. They've recruited better than anyone else in that conference. And I think we do this with USC every year because they have, they always have a high profile quarterback. And we just think that, it, you know, I don't want to say lightning in a bottle, but they're going to do with like the USC has always done like in like the glory days of, of like Trojan football. Utah is a very tough team. It, like Kyle Winningham is, I, I mean, I saw it in 2008, but they're always going to be good on defense. It seems like they always slip up at least once though. Like, like I, they haven't, uh, have they even made the Pac-12 championship? Probably. Probably, but, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't know on Winningham, but, I mean, under Urban Meyer, they went, uh, they weren't in the Pac-12 at that point, though. Um, yeah, that's true. But, 
the other team also is is like it always comes like down for me like if it's you're gonna have a lot of equal talent or you're gonna have a lot of teams that are like like you know not separated in the pack it's gonna come down to coaching right like coaching and talent obviously and i just think that chris peterson at washington who also has recruited well and just kind of stays up in their little corner and just goes nine and three every year and and has like a really solid team um I think that they could be really, really good. They got a couple of guys that are projected first round picks. Them and Oregon are just built different than the rest of the conference. So I, I'm going to say, now you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say Oregon. And it's good and I because don't, I don't Chris Peterson's actually it. not even the coach anymore. So where's he at? <laughs> he retired. Why did he go that long? He retired? retired? Yes. You let me talk about that for like fucking three minutes. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to cut you off. You were on a roll. You should have. What, like, I, I felt like I wasn't no, Jimmy, when I even brought it up. It. Jimmy Lake uh, was their D coordinator under him. He took over as the head coach last year. It was his first year. So, I mean, I get, I get why you didn't know that because he, um, I mean, last year we, they played four games. He retired last year. Before last year, yeah. Jimmy Lake stepped in as the head coach last year. And they, they played four games, and it's, it's the fucking West Coast, man. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah, we're going to do better about right. it this year, though. We're not. Um, I have no reason to now. So um, I'm going to pick Oregon. We are a Ducks podcast. So Yeah, what do you think about Oregon State this year? Yeah, I got nothing to say to that. I got a lot of clothes to get rid of. Uh, Fresno State, actually, I didn't even, I didn't even list this, but... I know that UConn is absolutely terrible, but I beginning of the year, people were talking about Fresno, Fresno State actually being a pretty good team. The Oregon mm-hmm. opens with them. Yeah. Pretty interesting. I don't know. It's in Eugene, so they should win that. Um, G5, I think everything's mostly about Cincinnati right now. Um, you know, they, they put on a hell of a, an effort against Georgia in the game, and you can say what you want about you know, bowl games that don't mean much and, you know, a G5 team sneaking up on a you know, a team like Georgia because they don't care enough. But I mean, they look Was like they belong in that out? game. I don't know if anyone's sitting out, but it's just like a lot. You know, the question is always like, you know, Bama versus Utah or uh, Boise State. Well, Bama had blown a fourth quarter lead to Florida and, and was like an eyelash short of getting to the national championship game and then had to go play Utah. So that's different than going eight and two or seven and two and getting to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game regardless even though you lost by 16 or 17 points and you're both your losses to ranked teams. True. Um, but I, I just think that, that Cincinnati is actually a legitimate team. Um, they've yeah. got a legitimate QB Desmond Ritter, uh, Luke fickle. He'll, he'll be the next big, he'll, he'll be considered for one of the big 10 openings. Should a big school open up this year? He's um, a really good coach. He is. And, um, I, it'll be interesting, you know, if they, if they were to go undefeated this year, could they possibly get a chance or no? No, I don't like, again, they went undefeated last year. They, they had a, like a top 10 defense in almost every statistical category. You, you had a dynamic core. They, they did everything they were supposed to do. I, so, you know, I will say this year they get Notre Dame and they also have, um, who else is on the schedule? There's another. There's another power five team on the schedule. They got at they, Indiana, at Notre Dame. Those are the two. Okay, and Indiana, you know, like before they lost to Ole Miss in that, that bowl game, um, you know, that was the, the number eleven ranked team in the country. I, if they are able to beat those two teams, 
maybe there's a chance. But what's going to end up happening, in my opinion, and I hate this. Like, I, I want Cincinnati to, like, I, I want, the, like, the group of five schools to, like, at least be a part of it, right? Otherwise, like, what are we even doing? Right. But what's going to end up happening, like we always do, is the same thing as the Heisman. If you win those two games early, you have three months left of the season. And then we get to watch them play shit teams that they will destroy every week. And we will do what we always do and say, because every other team that, you know, most of us are pulling for is like in like, you know, crunch time and in like, you know, trying to either win the division or get to like the, the, the conference championship or the playoff. Like we're going to defend our schools that are playing a, a tougher schedule than like celebrating a team that will do everything right. Go 12 and 0 have, have like, incredible talent across the board, especially on defense. We'll just, we'll just shit on it. How's that for depressing? <laughs> that, that Notre Dame game, it's on the road. Um, Cincinnati's off a bye there. I, I, I think that if you go undefeated and you go on the road to Indiana and Notre Dame and beat both of those teams, I think you should have a chance to, to play in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the playoff. Okay, but let me poke holes in this real quick, okay? Like a condom. So if you, like, it, on paper, sure. Like, if it's like chaos and everybody has one loss, right? As you're saying. Mm-hmm. But if it ends up being, you know, like a situation like 2017 where you have a 11-1 Bama team, a 11-2, I think, uh, conference champion in Ohio State, are they going to put Cincinnati in over them? This is where, like, the, the whole committee thing just kind of gets frustrating to me because at that point, yeah. it's, it's, they're going to make a decision that's going to bring in the most dollars, and that's going to be Ohio State. And so, that's where it's going to get really tough for Cincinnati, you know, is, is they're just not going to bring the eyeballs to the televisions, you know, Cincinnati versus... Clemson or Bama just isn't going to be the same as Ohio State versus one of those teams, which is where it gets tough, tough for the Bearcats there. It's kind of weird too, because like again, I know what conference they play in, and I understand it's not the same talent. But we saw them go toe to toe with Georgia. I don't, I don't remember having the feeling that Georgia was shorthanded or didn't want to be there last year. No. I mean, they, like they were seven and two. It wasn't like they you know, barely lost in the SEC championship game and got, you know, like screwed over. Like you went seven and two and you got a new year six bowl game. So I, I and I'm not saying that in like a derogatory way to, to, to Georgia, but I mean, Luke Fickle, like you said, like he probably should have got the Ohio state job to be honest. Um, you know, after urban and it, it just didn't work out, but yeah, he's done a phenomenal job. And I think it like, is it them and everyone else? Is it kind of like what we hate about Ohio state, Clemson and Bama. And we're just like singling out that team and no one else has a chance. Or what do you think? What, as far as G5 teams? Yeah. I don't, I mean. Go through every Mal- conference real quick and just, you know, <laughs> give me a rundown. <laughs> I guess Malzahn maybe could make some noise, but no, I mean, I, I think Cincinnati is really the only team that could really make, make a, a run at it for sure this year. All um, right. What about Louisville? No, not Louisville, Louisiana. <laughs> I was about to say Louisville's in the ACC. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Especially if they could beat, um, who's the team I just said they were playing? Texas. Texas. I mean, that's that's. Or what about Liberty? Well, like, what, like mm. think about Liberty. Oh, here, here's why. Because like, I think Louisiana, even if they beat Texas, they also get Liberty the second to last game of the year. 
the schedule, the strength of schedule is not going to be great. Liberty has a, like a quarterback that is like going to put eyeballs, like, you know, or like he's going to generate views and, and people like watching him because he's, he's just been electric. Right. So mm-hmm. he could be a Heisman finals. If, if something like that happens, if they beat Ole Miss in that first week of November, I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah. You know, they, um, that's true. Well, they play each other. Louisiana and Liberty play each other at towards the end of the year. So you just said that yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess you could see it, but no, I really think Cincinnati's the only one that would have a real chance at it. Um, I don't know. Even we'll saying be- their name, like they have, there's a Cincinnati's brand and UCF's brand and maybe Memphis feel like the only schools that carry any weight with like the rest of the country. So I, I agree with you, but I'm, anyway. Um, all right. Picks for the sec. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm, I've been wrestling with this one because I, I'm going to go Georgia on the East. Um, that's not the one I'm wrestling with. I can't stand betting against Bama, but I'm so close to taking Texas A&M from that side. Yeah. I kind of, I just, too, uh, I don't know. I mean, I really don't want to bet against Bama, but I'm going to go Texas A&M versus Georgia in the SEC championship game. I think Bryce Young, I think there's a lot of pressure on that kid to mm-hmm. not only coming off the of last year, but just the, the NIL stuff. And, you know, I get why Saban put that out recruit they've ever had. Yeah. And I get why Saban put that out there because it's a recruiting tool, but it's almost like it, you almost put that kid in a situation when you say that, like, hey, Bryce Young, he's already making a million bucks. Everyone's like, well, shit, he better perform then, you yeah. know? And it's like, but then again, Texas A&M also has a freshman QB coming in. Now he doesn't have the, you brought that up. yeah, now he doesn't have the, the, uh, hype around him. And it's, and he, the, the thing that is a little different for him is that he gets to start the season His eyes he with a, like a <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen that. Uh, they're, they're going to start the season five and no, regardless, they, they have an easy schedule to start the year. So you can ease him in. And by the time you play Bama, he should have at least a pretty good idea of playing in games, five games. Bryce Young, on the other hand, you know, early in the season, he's going to play Miami and Florida. Neither, neither one's a home game. And Ole Miss with a week off. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't know. But, you know, that, I, 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 think I really like my, my, my brain says Bama, Georgia all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, or should I say, I don't know. Yeah, my gambling brain, because I every time I've bet against Bama, it's never worked out. Right. Um, but I think I'm going to go A&M to Georgia, and then I'm going to take Georgia to win the SEC. I'm going to do it. Yeah, so if you had asked like a week ago, and this is going to shock no one, but like I, I, I really was leaning towards A&M. Um, and I, I, and I, I still think Bama takes a step back. I, I think they lose one game, maybe two games. I don't know if that's, you know, in like the 12 game regular season, or if that's including the SC championship or whatever, but I, I do think they lose maybe two games this year. Um, I agree with the Bryce young thing. I, I think there's so much pressure put on somebody, whether he, you know, I, I'm sure he's not going to read comment sections from idiots that are, you know, if he has a bad game, but he has to know that pressure's on him. And he's, he's also 3000 miles away from home. And it's like, you know, like family support system. So, it's got to be tough, I think. Um, well, not it, to mention his his supporting cast isn't exactly like veteran laden. 
No. You know, like, so if he's having a bad game, like, who steps up and is like, I've been here before, like, don't worry, we got this, like... John Mechie from Canada. <laughs> like, our alpha on offense has to be, he's from fucking Canada. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, I, I really do. Like, it's it's a lot of young kids. I will say this. I mean, the thing about AM, it is the same thing. It's it's a freshman quarterback. I, I love how they have their schedule sets up for it. I really do. Yeah. Um, I think it's perfect. Because I tell you what, if he doesn't work out, then you could also bring in like the other kid because it was obviously a, a close race. Mm-hmm. Um, or if somebody gets injured, like you you have like time to get stuff worked out and you can pretty much do what Ohio State did last year, what we've seen Clemson do. You can circle that on like the, the calendar. And you can tell yourself each week, like, oh, we're just looking at the next game ahead. You're watching tape and, and getting ready for that game, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing, Tyler. <laughs> Nick Saban. <laughs> I started thinking about this. And, and I, you know, it would be I – think, I think that he's going to have an assistant beat him before he retires. I don't know if it's Jimbo or if it's Kirby, if it's, if it's Lane Kiffin. It would be fun um, for two of those three, for me at least. Nick Saban isn't going anywhere. We said this last year when he had the 55th ranked recruiting class in the country. And what happened? He finished number one. Yeah. I'm nervous about Bryce Young. I, I don't, you know, like, I don't know what that offense is going to look like. I don't like Bill O'Brien. He's shaped like a, like a fucking hippopotamus. Um, but the defense is going to be legit. And there are five stars fucking everywhere per usual. And, and one of the things, too, is A&M loses four starters on the offensive line. Four. Right? Yeah, just with big. this matchup. Yeah, like, just with this matchup, and then you start looking at, like, the matchup against Georgia. Like, those are two teams with absolutely elite front four, front sevens, and will, you know, like, cause nightmares for, like, if, if you are not, like, gelled by whatever time they play the Bama game. Also, we keep talking about the Florida game. And I, I fully think that Dan Mullen will be able to scheme some players open. Like they, they're going to be at home for that game. And I've seen a lot of Florida fans, like for whatever reason, circle that one and talk about how they're going to, they're going to upset Bama. Steve Spurrier said the other day, I'm, I'm, you know what? I am trying to be a dick. If you fucking think that Alabama is going to waltz into the swamp and lose to Dan Mullen when the other coach on the other side of the fucking ball is Todd Grantham, you didn't watch football last year or you don't understand what's going on. There's absolutely, and I'm going to say it now, barring just like cataclysmic injury or a bunch of like turnovers or whatever, like the Ole Miss game 2015, they had five turnovers, three inside their 25 yard line. They lost by six. I don't, I don't see Todd Grantham's defense stifling anyone. So (laughs) I'm going to take Bama to go 11 and one. Maybe they slip up somewhere on there. Um, I think it, it goes A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, I think will be very similar after that. Um, and then I think probably Auburn and Arkansas, Mississippi State will finish last. And in the East, I'm going to take Georgia. And I think um, I think Georgia is going to win the SEC this year. I really do. I think they're, they're that talented. I don't even know if it would serve them better like to lose this first game because they'll start getting doubters again. And like, oh, that's what Georgia always does. They're not fully healthy for the Clemson game. Um now, what I will say, like my ultimate dream would be just my, my Chris Marler 2021 SEC wet dream. <laughs> Bama goes 10 and 2. Georgia goes undefeated. Bama gets the SEC championship game <laughs> and beats Georgia. I would, it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. Like, I mean, 
because like there's no better time to get like get them all down i i don't think it happens i really don't i, I think even me I'm, I'm probably sleeping a little bit on how good bam will be um but yeah i just I, I do think this is the year where a lot of other teams take the next step even in the east i think like you know mizzou for sure um so we'll see um, I one thing that does scare me a little bit about AM. So McKinley Jackson, who they were relying on to to play a heavy role on the D line, we mentioned he got arrested before the season started, uh, felony charges. Just this week, another starting D lineman for Texas AM was arrested. Um unlawful carrying of a weapon, failure to identify, giving false information. He had marijuana on him. He had an invalid <laughs> license that he was driving on. So he's suspended. Um, so that's two guys along the D-line that they were counting on. That, that, that hurts. Now, being that Jimbo is who he is, um, I could definitely see both of those guys being back for the Bama game. Oh, you can afford doubt. you can you can afford to suspend somebody indefinitely when you start with Kent State, Colorado, Arkansas, and uh, Mississippi State. None of them on the road, like in a true road game, right? And you get Bama at home too. I mean, yeah, that's also just SEC football at this point. So <laughs> that's true. Um, no, I, I, and again, like I don't want to be a homer here with the like, Bama thing, but because like one of the one of the things that like shocked me. It, it, like it literally, I was, I, I was like, like taken aback when Robert um, Barons came on the podcast and brought up the fact that this is the same coordinator on offense and defense for the fourth straight year. And you don't see that kind of continuity in a power right. five program at all anymore. And, and, and I say that to say like, you know, transition or segue into the other side of the division or the other side of the conference. That's what Georgia has this year. And they haven't had that in the past. And they haven't had guys like Mel Tucker and, and other guys trying to leave and, and like get a better job. Dan Lanning has stayed. You have Monken coming in. And la- they were at such a disadvantage last year. They were at such a disadvantage because of COVID. And I remember saying in January that I was like, you know, you talk about wanting to be like one of the big boys. Like, now you got to deal with like turnover and you got to deal with like coordinators leaving and, and players leaving early for the draft. Like, I think that I think this is like a special year for Georgia. It feels like it, no doubt. Um, Heisman pick. Who are you taking? Tyler, on Saturday, um, I or on Wednesday, I guess we recorded the TV show that came on on Saturday. Um, I got into an argument about the favorites for the Heisman, and I said that the favorite in the preseason hasn't won in 25 years, and I totally made that up. Um, turns out it was like 2014. <laughs> it's pretty not even that long ago. It's the same yeah. same decade. Um, that being said, I don't think I just can't see Spencer Rattler like it, like at this point it'd almost be like. What else is he going to do like to wow us? Because we've already seen it before at Oklahoma. DJ Uwalungalale or JT mm-hmm. Daniels, I think, could be, could be, um, it seems like a cop out, but like, I think the answer is, is, uh, is JT Daniels. And the reason why is because like he has a big game in game one, national stage, whatever. The rest of the season sets up so perfect for them to like be 11 and one, like be in the spotlight constantly. And that offense is going to put up a lot of numbers. And that's usually what the award's about. And the only other person, I like a, like a sleeper pick maybe, if Iowa State can go undefeated or at least get to the playoffs somehow, if they, they you know, go through like the cultural or the um, Big 12 championship, and he's the, he's the reason why, I think that they could, he could win the Heisman as well. 
He had 2,000 yards last year, right? Or like he had like 1,900 or something crazy in a shortened season. Brees Hall? Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. He's, I mean, he's Phil Steele first team preseason All-American. So, yeah, he's he's legit. Um, I was also going to go JT Daniels, but I will say um, more sleepers. Uh, Matt Corral is going to put up massive numbers. Yeah. If they can figure out how to make one or two upset wins happen, I could see him at least be in there uh, for, the, for the presentation. Obviously, if they don't... Mm-hmm. If you know if they have four losses, I don't see him winning. But right, um, and and same same exact uh, type of story. Sam Howell, he's going to mm-hmm. put up monster numbers too. And if they can somehow, you know, run the table and then beat Clemson, I think he'll win the Heisman. And yeah. I, and and it's not that far off, you know. And and Spencer Rattler is going to put up numbers, no doubt. But but if you're looking for sleepers or at least odds that aren't number one that you can at least make some money off of Sam Howell, Matt Corral, DJ, you. Well, he's, he's got pretty good. Yeah. I think he's a top yeah, five he uh, odds, but like, you know, it's, it's almost like, like the novelty has gone with Oklahoma, right? Like it's, Kyler Murray shouldn't have won the Heisman still. And I don't care if that sounds like a Homer thing Tua had that wrapped up the entire season. And then Kyler Murray at five, seven has like a big game and the, Big 12 championship, but like, what else can they do? Like, like, is he, if, unless you have like a Joe Burrow year, which I guess he could do. I don't, I don't, I don't just, I don't understand. Like we've already seen it so many times. So I think it like, they're always like a sucker for like the novelty. And then like the, you know, the standard quarterback of like the 11 and one team or 12 and 0. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the Matt Corral pick. So yeah. Uh, playoff picks. Uh, I will go Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Iowa State. And I will go Iowa State. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's going to be the, between them and Oklahoma. Um, maybe that's where I should put Bama in. Just slide him in there, you know? Yeah. Um, um, no, but I'll go, I'll go, I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll go Georgia, Clemson, Ohio state, Iowa state, and I'll take Georgia and Clemson in the national title game rematch of week one. Okay. Um, Georgia, Ohio state, Oklahoma, Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't I can't, how can game. you not how can you not put Clemson in there? I think they're gonna lose a game. I think they're gonna lose to Georgia. I think they're gonna lose a game in the ACC. Love they almost that. lost to fucking Boston College last year. They they Love almost that. I hope that or lose a game every year, and now they gotta play Georgia. So like if that. you go ten and two, you're not getting to the playoff. Um anyway, so who did I said Georgia, Ohio State, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on here on a limb and say uh, I'll say Texas A&M. Okay. Even though I just picked Bama. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hedge. You know what? I, I like I will hedge this time. No, I yeah. I, I don't know. Like like I honestly don't know if the SEC will be able to get two teams in ahead of maybe somebody like uh, what do you call it? Um, 
like like Iowa State or something like that, if they're able to yeah. have like a run. But yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll say um, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna pick Oregon. I'll say those three, and then I'll just say Bama or A and M. It's like a starter on the depth okay. chart. Okay, all right, I can do that. Uh, national championship. Who wins it? Ohio State, Georgia. Georgia wins. I am also taking Georgia to win the championship. This seems like a risk for us because every year it's like it's Georgia's year. I predicted them to win like the last three years in a row, and I've meant it every time. Um, I but I'm like genuinely scared for this one because I like again. I, I was already trying to soften the blow because I know it's going to be awful with their fans and and like Cameron Camp. It's, happy, it's his birthday. Happy birthday! He said, and I quote, "I'm going to be the biggest piece of shit you've ever met." And I was like, wow, good for you, man. (laughs) You could also just say like, hooray. Yeah. Um, No, it should be fun. I'm so excited. Week zero is a nice little primer for us, but we are in the shit now. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We got games every single day. We will be back with you later this week to preview week one. Some awesome matchups, whether it starts with Minnesota and Ohio State or Monday, Louisville, Ole Miss, all the way through. There's some huge games. We're so excited. Don't forget to call yeah. us on the on the line this, this year. For real. Uh, week one, there's going to be some excellent voicemails. I can already tell you. Game day therapy line, 424-430-0045. Again, that number, 424-430-0045. Call us. It's a Compton area code, so you know it's legit. Let's get it. All right. Cheers. I'll see you on Thursday.